Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from a Five. Me, too much and co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm a little bit broken after spending the last three weekends watching the Bills in person. I have to be yeah. honest, uh, not been in great health all week. Um, not quite sure if that's a bit of a, you know, uh, new 2023 coronavirus or whether it's um, just three weekends on the booze <laughs> just <laughs> it could be either to be honest but um or yeah, both not, yeah, or both exactly exactly <laughs> a few people that I, i've spoken to were in london last weekend who haven't been feeling great either so yeah, yeah the former might be uh how, how it is but um yeah no i'm good i mean obviously last weekend didn't go as we wanted it to um there's a reason why we, we're recording a little bit later you may hear from my voice it's kind of only just recovered um again was it sickness or was it yelling through the top from the top of my lungs for yeah uh for a whole weekend either could be true but uh either way i had no voice and as early as yesterday so how, how are you doing are you uh you made the trip down to, uh, to see the bills in person for the first time yeah first time my first experience of seeing the bills so yeah the whole experience other than the game itself obviously but like it was just amazing like i yeah i i knew the bills would travel in numbers i knew that it would be you know, a majority of the fans would be the Bills, but like, what was it like? I'd say eighty percent of those fans oh, yeah. were Bills fans. Ten percent were Jags, and ten, the other ten percent were neutrals who were supporting the Jags. And I couldn't believe the noise that was no, made was in that. Considering, like, you know, Spurs by all means compared to Carra Road down the road for me in Norwich, that's what twenty-seven thousand. So, like, yeah, Spurs Stadium is sixty thousand. Like, I can't discredit that. It's still a big stadium in my yeah. mind. But think of Wembley. I remember in 2019 going to see the Eagles against the Jags, and that was the Eagles' first trip over. That was 80% Eagles as well. And they didn't make anywhere near the noise that Bills Mafia did mm-hmm. in a 60,000 capacity. It was unbelievable. Not only the pregame, but obviously Furman Thomas doing a whole ritual of where'd you rather be than right here, right now, which gives me chills just watching it back. But that I was, was at the so end. so loud as well. It was it, so it was loud. Stupid. <laughs> but, but, but the loudest part of the game for me, like the whole day, even, even that I felt like, the loudest part of the day was when um, in the second half, start of the second half, we, we'd got. Uh, the Jags like pinned in their own like five yard line and that, it happened a couple of times and they were at our end oh, yeah. and the noise generated like we got that f- f- false start and the place just went nuts yeah. when that happened it, it was an unbelievable atmosphere I'll never forget it I'll never so, forget that it's interesting I, I'd been obviously I've been to a few road games with the Bills always in the US and I remember yeah. going to the uh, game on Thanksgiving against the Saints a few years ago. And I think yeah. there's probably about 10, 15, 20,000 Bills fans in that stadium. And it was really loud with Saints fans. And obviously, as the Saints started to sort of wither away, it started to thin yeah. out and it became more of a Bills crowd. And I remember, like, it wasn't full of Bills fans, but there was a lot of Bills fans there. But there must have been 15, mm. 20,000 or so. And um, th- that 15, 20,000 felt like, you know, plenty to make noise. Yeah. Going into the game, I was thought if we get fifteen or twenty thousand in there, which at the time felt sounded like a lot, sounded like a lot for people to cross an ocean to go and watch a watch, watch a game, um, yeah. and obviously there's a lot of Bills fans in the city. You know, you will see in, uh, in terms of the coverage, Bills fans in all the different bars and stuff. But it's very different, you know, filling up a pub versus filling up a stadium. I just thought I just want the stadium to feel like a home as best as we can. Enough enough people there to make it feel like a home crowd. Yeah. And as I got to the stadium, I it's all Bills fans. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, And yeah. I started to like really get excited because I just realized just how many Bills fans were there. And it was like Washington 
uh, two weeks ago, which was essentially a home crowded in their city. Yeah. I think there was 35,000, if not more, Bills fans. I couldn't believe it. I thought the stadium looked incredible with Bills livery. Yeah, um, yeah. Walking in, it just gave me chills, honestly, just seeing the Bills logo on the field. Obviously, yeah. this is a stadium that's going to be as similar as you're going to get to what we build in Orchard Park. So, um, yeah, it was just that that experience of having so many Bills fans in London um, making it a home crowd. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, uh, I don't know, I think you ever say, like, you still got a broken voice now, but like, it was Wednesday morning that I actually got my voice back. Like, mm-hmm. I was doing every, and all the Bills fans there were doing everything they could to try and rally and, you know, start to get a bit of momentum in that game. It just didn't happen, did it? No, but indeed. overall, the experience was amazing. It was so good to see so many of our friends that we've talked to for years in group chats and that kind of thing from this, this, um, you know, this side of the pond. And yeah, it was just wonderful wonderful experience it really was yeah, i can speak a little bit about the, the kind of the run-up to the game and, and the, the yes yeah because it was it was just fantastic fun to have so many bills fans in london um it started for me on thursday um when I met up with you know friends from london bills backers just to sort of talk logistics and get everything sorted in advance of um of the weekend we had the fitzrovia bell booked out all weekend um and uh, it was just nice to see the sort of the, the crowd starting to build. People came in early. You know, there was people even during the Miami game um, who had come over from Buffalo and, and made a, a holiday for themselves. And yeah, then we had we had a Friday um, when I was back in London, sort of first thing. And we had uh, groups of people coming, drinking all day, sitting in the Fitzrovia Bell, which was really nice, meeting some different different kind of folks. And in the evening, we had um, Matt and Ryan from the Shout Podcast joiners uh they came and recorded a live edition of yeah. their uh, their podcast yeah. from the fitzrovia bell which was cool um we had a lot of press the, the, the interest from the press was insane i think i did something like four or five tv and radio interviews over the course of the week and i know that um people like bridget and becca from the london bills backers also did something similar um we had a photographer from usa today turn up outside the pub uh, just taking pictures he'd flown <laughs> in from la um which was, it was just, just insane really just the level of interest and then um we had saturday come around and and i actually led a walking tour of, of bill's bill's mafia through the central london I think it was about about 40 people. We walked pretty much from Tower Bridge. So we, we started off with the Horny Man and Hayes, uh, Hayes Galleria, if anyone knows that pub. Uh, worked our way through various pubs on the South Bank, through Borough Markets, across the uh, uh, Millennium Footbridge, over towards St. Paul's, down towards um, over heading to the Common Garden direction and eventually back up to the Fitzrovia Bell. We took in about five or six pubs along the way. And what a wonderful group of people. You know, a lot of people that have uh, come over. We had a couple of Brits as well, a couple of helpers for me. Um, but mostly it was Americans that had come over for the game and, and everyone was just in such a great mood. The weather was incredible. Everywhere we went, we got, were getting go bills. We were accompanied by Bills Vader, uh, somebody that I've, I've come to know a little bit, um, getting to know him a little bit at the Washington game and then again this weekend. And, you know, he's carrying around his, his Vader helmet and people having pictures taken with him left, right and center. And, you know, he's he's just a great character, really. It was it was just, just incredible to see and witness so many Bills fans in, you know, essentially what is our home hometown, our home country, um, take over the city. And, and everyone seemed to have a really great time. You know, the weather was incredible, uh, as I mentioned. And, uh, you know, we were all su- sat there in shorts and T-shirts and, and just having a, a phenomenal, phenomenal time. And then 
a number of our, uh, our joint friends came to the pub in the evening and we just had a big party basically. So Kristen uh, Kimmick and the Bills Mafia Babes came along. We had um, the, the DJ that does the the tailgates for um, for fans of Buffalo at the Fitz. And there must have been, I don't know, 150, 200 people or something in the Fitz and outside of the Fitz on that Saturday night. Everyone's just having a great time, getting the shout song going, everyone having wings. <laughs> It was just something else, really, and uh, met so many wonderful people that come over from Western New York and all over the U.S. Actually, um, it really was something to behold, and and just a brilliant atmosphere. And people I knew who had only ever sort of witnessed the sort of soccer crowd and soccer community you know, came to this for the first time and just couldn't believe it. They just couldn't believe what a positive, great vibe it was. So I think something that you know, as Bills fans, we can be very proud of. Really, it's just a brilliant community to be uh, to be part of. Yeah, and it's a testament to yourself, Bridget and Becca for kind of, you know, the London Bills Backers organisation that you guys have created and organ organically grown from, you know, how long has it been? Just a couple of seasons. We're into our like third season now, yeah. Third, third season. season, yeah. So it's just, you know, a culmination of all your work, really, and that's gone into it. It's just uh, how you've grown that, how much time and effort you guys have uh, put into it. I think that, that just you guys doing that i think that made everyone's experience infinitely better for you know getting the fitzrovia bells organized and you know just growing that place like uh, it's a testament to all you guys all your great work um yep. you know uh, it's definitely gone unnoticed no i appreciate that and i think maybe just to go one final thing i'll say on it is that we we, we sold all the merch t-shirts scarves for uh for london's bills backers amazing amount of interest in that and raised a huge amount of money for charity uh, we'll put something out on the london bills backers uh, uh twitter feed in due course but yeah we raised an awful lot of money for charity and uh so that was sort of a testament to bills mafia and everybody coming to coming to this party and then being in the stadium and seeing people wearing the the, the bills backer scars which of course was an idea we came up with when we thought october might be a little bit cooler than it was <laughs> but yeah. so people were still wearing them in the stadium that was just cool to see yeah <laughs> everybody loved it so yeah what an experience it's a shame the game did not live up to it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to go into it. So this podcast, you know, it's been what nearly a week now since the game concluded, and we're not going to go into our like, top takeaways, and you know, we're not going to deep dive it quite as much as we normally would because there's so many podcasts out there that would do that job. Um, we're just going to talk about you know high level of the game, like for me, and I think it's the same for you and most of Bill's mafia. Like the result and the loss is you know, not as uh, significant as the injuries that we had in that first quarter with, you know, our cornerstone, middle linebacker, Matt Milano, getting his injury and then Daquan Jones, who has really risen to the occasion and become, you know, a key player in that de defensive front. You know, those injuries uh, to start with were really brutal. We saw a couple of other players come out like Dion Dawkins kind of come in and, um Thankfully, re-entered the game and that kind of just Matt Milan and Daquan Jones being out, you know, nearly it looks like it's going to be at least, you know, three quarters of the season. That really stinks. And, you know, I feel like the Bills, you know, the, the defense held up, especially from front seven. I think that considering they face like, what, 90 plays uh, on yeah. defense, like, I think for front seven and Terrell Bernard and, and those guys, you know, Ed Oliver, AJ Vanessa, they... um you know, fought really valiantly and I thought they played well. It was just in that back end that, you know, they're spreading uh, Jaguars. They had a good game plan. They spread us out. They knew that we'd only been in London for two games. There'd be some jet lag. 
fatigue in there. Felt like I played 11 personnel, spread the ball out, wide zone running. It was there. They kind of designed that to kind of made us run, you know, side to side laterally and, and wear us down, especially in our first half. And I think it worked quite well. Like we were still making plays and we were still forcing turnovers uh, with fumbles from AJ Panessa and Ed Oliver. But, you know, I just felt like, you get in that fourth quarter, you could see that they were gassed. Yeah. Um, and you can understand why. Well, and, you know, I do not blame any of those guys really in that front seven. No, I mean, I think that the jet lag clearly had, a, had an effect. You could tell at the yeah. start, they just weren't on it at all. And I think yeah. that they have to really look at themselves in terms of that decision to come out. Um, I mean, obviously, they talk to sports scientists, but I've got more, I have a more jet lag than probably any of them have ever, ever seen. And I can tell you that's a terrible way to do it. Um, two days is not yeah. enough. It doesn't really matter how you do it, how much sleep you get on a plane. You just, you just don't enough. Um, mm. And I think that they were probably trying to get away with this one, maybe. Um, but yeah, you could tell. So certainly in the first three quarters, the offense wasn't on it. In the last quarter, well, yeah. the offense was gassed. So well, um, we'd scored seven points, you know, um, within the fourth quarter. You know, I think a couple yeah. of minutes gone by, we'd only scored seven points. I mean, was, um, you I mean, know. <laughs> all that said, I mean, well, let me look at this way. The NFL is a game of very, very fine margins. And the, the difference between the best teams and the worst teams is very, very narrow uh, compared to other sports. And the best difference between the Bills, who I think are a really good team, and the Jags, who are kind of a you know upper middle middling team, isn't that big at all. And we'd only lost by five points. I mean, this is a game we absolutely should have won. Um, and I think just that I, I would almost guarantee if they'd have come in two days sooner, they would have won that game, would have been sharper initially. And um yeah, it was it was just really disappointing to see. You know, everyone was so hyped for it, and and we just didn't see the bills we wanted to. That said, we did see some really good plays, and we saw a guy in, in AJ Panessa really come of age. Um, yeah. That was awesome yeah. to watch. His knockdowns, his sacks, um, his level of disruption. He was in the backfield all the time. I mean, we've we, you and I have been critical of AJ Panessa, and when's this guy going to come <laughs> to the party? Is he going to come to the party? Is this a, a really yeah. you know is this is a a missed pick, but now we're in a situation where we've got Leonard Floyd, we've got Greg Russo, we've got Ed Oliver, um, and we've got AJ Panessa. Oh, and by the way, some guy called Von Miller's coming back. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the pass rush is really incredible, and I, I can't wait to see it get after, uh, as much as I love Tara Taylor, get after Tara Taylor against a, a weak offensive line this weekend. But yeah, I mean, it, it, even with all of that, we saw a fantastic... Gabriel Davis catch on the uh, on the touchline. We saw Josh make some some incredible throws. Um, so it wasn't all at a loss. But the fact we never got the run game going was pretty really disappointing. Um, obviously, that yeah. was a tactic by um, the Jags to stop us running through the middle. We didn't pivot and adapt to that soon enough, from my perspective. Mm, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And like we talked about it uh, right at the start with how loud that was and how noisy that was. That gave me. Um, some real respect for like Trevor Lawrence, who I knew was a great quarterback, um, but how he kind of hung in there. And even though he was pressured a lot and, you know, he, he turned the ball over with his fumbles and stuff, how he hung in the pocket and he made some unbelievable throws on a rope for timing, anticipation from the pocket and how he scrambled as well, like at times, you know, that's, well... That's definitely, I think I've seen like four or five London games now. It's definitely the best quarterback performance I've seen. And we went to see the Broncos Jags game last year, and that was not, that was a completely different quarterback that we saw um, on Sunday against the Bills. Massive. Massive. And I've got a massive amount of respect. Like, again, that was a home game, even though the Jags are experienced in playing in London. 
you know, that atmosphere was raucous and how Trevor Lawrence, he's so even keeled. You never see like any animation or emotion on the field, but just how he kind of kept it all together and brought, you know, he, my, my level of respect for that guy has just gone through the roof. Yeah. Like I consider him as one of the best now in the yeah, league. He's, he's like, right I, I truly there. do. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't quite there. Right me, up there for he sure. is, he is unbelievable performance. Um, should go into some awards, then. Yeah, I just want to just very quickly to speak about quickly... the, the the field. There was obviously yeah. a lot of talk about this turf not being great and being hard mm. like concrete, which was really disappointing to hear from our perspective yeah. as, as 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 British based Bills fans. I mean, this is you know one of the best stadiums in the world, and why don't they have the? I mean, if they're going to have turf in there, why don't they have the best turf? I mean, the Bills play on turf in in Orchard Park. They've got turf in the. Um, in the uh, the field house, how can it be that this is so much worse to play on for players than uh, than others? I, I, there was a couple of t- situations. I don't think any of the, the major injuries were caused by the turf. You know, obviously uh, Declan Jones was a pec injury, and Matt Milano is essentially a fractured leg. Yeah. Um, but I did see it on a couple of occasions. There was one where I think Taron Johnson got his foot stuck. I saw Trevor Lawrence get his foot stuck. Um, clearly, that turf is a problem, and it, it it really shouldn't be. If the NFL wants to expand the game, they've got to have players who are comfortable on the surface and that seems to be such an easy thing to fix you know mm. um what why, why is that a thing and it just added it's just disappointing that, that it's even even a discussion point really mm. just before we get to your awards because it's just occurred to me like i've been debating my mind for the last week or so since the game happened since the injuries happened like we go from such a high such a complete performance against the dolphins to what we saw against the jags which again there's um, circumstances around that that led us to have that poor performance but the injuries that I alluded to that was like the, the, the biggest disappointment out of mm-hmm. the whole game like yeah. how long term the overall bill season like how has that like changed your as that changed your opinion like I'm sure like you you are like me that I felt like the ceiling was probably AFC Championship you know getting to the Super Bowl see what happens you know it's a throwaway game who knows we could go all the way um but that's kind of changed for me a little bit. Like, I'm not saying we're not going to make a playoffs as a result of these, but like, how has that like impacted your your yeah, mentality and yeah. about the team? I think that the the margins are suddenly much much tighter. Um, I mean, this is still the same offense which actually blew away Miami uh, a yeah. week ago, um, and I think that the Bills theoretically have the firepower to outscore anybody. Um, but the margins are just 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 less now. So I, I don't see it as a massive drop off simply because I think there are things you can do with scheme. And I think we actually the depth we have on the defense is is good. I wouldn't be disappointed to see somebody come in on a trade, probably a cornerback. I think we're very fortunate mm-hmm. that Terrell Bernard has stood up as, as well as he has. Actually, although I think Dorian Williams got, got pulled partway through, I thought he, he did some good stuff. I said it was his yeah, first yeah. Uh, first uh, amount of minutes in a real game. I thought he really shifted across the field, and I think he, you know, he does look like a, you know, I don't know, Walmart Matt Milano or something like that. I don't know what you want to call it, but he he's he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's obviously a, a draft pick and he's a young guy. But the pace at which he was getting sideline to sideline, I thought was quite impressive, and he won't get better, I would think. Um, so I think that. The offense, I think Daquan Jones is the one that really bothers me because I, I really think one of our abilities to to stop the run was 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 crucial with him. So Puna Ford's got to step up, and we've got to see that. Yeah. If Puna Ford steps up and we get a bit out of Dorian Williams, uh, then I think we can manage. It's just the margins are, 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 are smaller. Whereas we might have had a game in that perhaps with with everyone fit, where yeah, you know, the offense just isn't on it, and the defense bails them out. It feels like 
that's going to be less likely these days now with 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 those injuries because they're just I mean it's three it's, it's Trey White as well isn't it so it's just three massive massive players for us so super disappointing mm. but you know interestingly the the line didn't move at all between us and the Giants probably it's more about the Giants than anything else um, yeah. just because of our injuries mm-hmm. so you know the, clearly the, clearly the expectation is that the Bills have still got enough and I think they should have but from going from I think these this is one of the best teams in the league. I, or maybe one of the best two or three teams in the league. I'm now thinking it's maybe one of the best five or six teams in the league. Um, so I've just dropped off a little bit, but I still think getting to a Super Bowl is still within the reach of this team, especially having watched yeah, Kansas sure. City the other night, I thought were pretty average. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So actually what we should do before yeah. the awards is we should listen to what Scottish Phil has got to say because yeah, um, it's a much more sanguine Scottish Phil um, and uh, my beat button has not been pressed anything like as much. So let's hear how he feels about a game that he watched in person just last weekend. All right, lads. Um, so here's me at the airport now heading back up to Scotland. Um, so and first things first, what an absolute crying shame for the Bills Mafia that came over in their thousands brilliant representation um, fantastic so, so, so good to see but it's so sad for them to come all this way just to see a, a, a terrible performance um, and, and, and even more so the injuries are just oh, it's criminal I mean I think some reading today that Matt Milano's got a typical plateau fracture so that'll probably require surgery I'd imagine um, a horrible place to break a bone horrible place to break a bone um, Daquan Jones pec injury other wee knocks here and there on the whole, you know, I thought the defence did reasonably well despite that. Um, obviously, we couldn't cover the middle of the park well. Um, Lawrence just kept taking the quick, simple five-yard plays all day long. So um, they just kept the ball all day. They had, they had the ball for over 40 minutes or so. But we kept it at like 11 points from you know, most of the game. Um, our offence, though, just didn't happen, did it? It just, it just didn't click. I mean... Their defensive line was really good. They stopped our run game easily, uh, but their run defence is really good. But um, I just felt Josh Allen just was missing tricks. You could see players getting open and he just wasn't taking them and he was going to second read, third reads. Um, I, I, I would have liked him to use his legs a bit more. There was definitely times when he could have taken five, six yards. I know we don't want him to do it, but ultimately, in games like that, he needs to do it. Um, well, that's, well, that's Kai, Kai Elam's uh, <laughs> stock trade, uh, trade star, trade uh, value in the bin, in it? Shambles of a performance. Um, okay, anyway, it's done, in it? Um, it's in the bag, it's done. Let's move on. It's just it's Giants week now. Let's go. Let's go build. Alright, well. Miserable Scottish <laughs> Phil, uh, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, always good to hear from him, and um, looking forward to the next next inst- installation of his of his updates. Uh, but yeah, I feel uh, I think it respects what a lot of what of us feel. I think. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, so on to our uh, our awards um, MVP for the game. We'll do this quite quickly, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think we've both already got the same. AJ Panessa, yeah, just um, incredible. Yeah, just two sacks, uh, two knockdowns, tackle for a loss. Great, great, great performance, wasn't it? Yeah, complete performance from him, and he stepped up as you said. Like with Rousseau going out and Von Miller only being back on the pitch count, like he was like edge one, edge two with Leonard Floyd, and yeah, he really brought it. So yeah, go there. Offensive play of the game. It's not an amazing play, but I just wanted to see Josh Allen's arm 
live. Like just the fact that we saw the deep ball to Stefan Diggs. Yeah, you know he he was really free. Like I don't know if he necessarily had to make that jump up to get it. Yeah, I felt like there was an opportunity to to take it it all away. But but I think he had. Josh had spoken about this and he said he decided to underthrow it a little bit because he didn't want to overthrow it. You know, like underthrow it, he can come back to the ball. Yeah. He would have loved to have seen yeah. him, you know, just run onto it. But uh, yeah. yeah. And maybe if we'd have been two scores up or something, they would have exactly. done that. But yeah. But we, we had no momentum, did we? It felt yeah, like uh, all games. So it yeah, felt yeah. like we were pinned in our own half. So it made sense. But it was just cool to see the arm, see it live, see yeah. kind of one of those deep throws live. Yeah, yeah that was my favourite. Awesome. So mine was play. similar towards the end of the game, which was the Davis catch on the sideline. I was, I'd, he went over the top of the guy, managed to get two feet in. I thought he was, that was really good. Uh, great to see. Uh, defensive play of the game. Yeah, so I've gone for. It was one of the fumbles. Which one was it exactly? I think it was the Epinesa fumble just before half time. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of where the game was. It was 11 7 at that point. Uh, obviously, if they got a field goal, then it's a full touchdown and we would still be in the game. But, you know, we turned the ball over and we still had a little opportunity to potentially, you know, get ourselves in a field goal. I was thinking. Um, you know, but they didn't bother with that. They just kind of kneel down, which I kind of makes sense. But I just like the fact that, you know, we've done it twice, didn't we? Like kind of, but Jags got in field goal range, yeah. you know, when we were, we were still in striking distance and we were able to turn it over, like yeah. at critical stages yeah. in the game. And uh, I just felt like the might have changed momentum. We were going to get the ball at the start um, of the second half. And yeah, I, I just expected to see a better Bills performance offensively in the second half. I thought we might be able to capitalise from it. So um, yeah, yeah, no, I've Gone for that. Man uh, was the same. I, I really enjoyed both of the AJ Panessa sacks, especially the one that you seemed to grab Trevor Lawrence by the neck. But other than that, I go went for the same. I'm um, surprise of the game. Uh, I've gone for uh, it, it's, it's just the fact that our our offensive efficiency, like yes, for jet lag, I knew would be a factor in our overall performance, but I thought that. You know, it would take, we, we wouldn't have gone full, three full quarters and only score seven points. So for me, and with the Jags defense, like they are frisky. They did put Josh under pressure and they did, um, you know, give, you know, force um, some questions onto our own line. But what about you? What did you go for? Um, yeah, so Ooh. I went for the uh, lack of run game, which we mentioned before. <laughs> I, just, I really thought mm. they would perhaps maybe lean in a bit more to Damien Harris. Um, maybe try some wide zone runs, just try something a little different. It just wasn't wasn't working at all. Nothing they tried was working on the run. All right, so uh, the Rex. <laughs> I'd assume we've both come from the same here, but oh, I don't sweet. know. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. I, I've gone for Kyrie Elam, and it's not, ah, you know, okay. Th- oh, okay, so it's not been yeah. by something. No. So it's his first game back. Like, I'm not going to knock the guy completely because clearly the Jags have done their homework they known that he's not played a game all season. Um, yeah, they and him, they, they yeah. took advantage of that. You can see why, um, you know, he hasn't played a game all season. And Benford is cl- is for clear. Cornerback well, one now, isn't he, effectively? But, um, yeah, like, it was just a poor game. And Calvin Ridley kind of took his lunch money, didn't he? And, yeah, it was yeah, just, just embarrassing oh, to see at certain times. You know, you just, I mean, Ridley's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have to feel that um, Elon yeah. would have played better than that. He has played better than that. Definitely. I'm sure he will. Yeah. yeah. 
I think he will, but it was just a poor game, wasn't it? Yeah, so. it was. Yeah. So mine was a little different. Mine was the Bills uh, travel planning. <laughs> just to, <you> know, <laughs> that was just uh, stupid from my perspective. Um, yeah. It came to, came to fruition. All right. Um, so uh, Unsung Hero. So I've gone for Terrell Bernard. Uh, he's not an unsung hero at this point of the season, but I just felt like how he was, you know, middle linebacker, you know, he's the captain of a defense unofficially. Like he's a, he's the guy that's making the, the calls and the reads um, pre-snap. And it felt like he was, you know, his communication, like watching him live, I could see him really communicating well mm. with the defensive front and with Dorian Williams when he was in the game. And I felt like he just held that unit def- together. And I felt like he held um, our defense together and kept us in that game ultimately. Like, it wasn't necessarily from the plays he was making, but I just felt like just watching it live, I was able to get a better perspective of kind of, I, I could, I was really honing in on that and seeing kind of how active he was. And he was really active. And um, yeah, just a shout out to him. Like obviously, we know that you know in the first what five ga- games of the season, he's become you know a fairly important part of this defense already, and and mm-hmm. done some really good things. But yeah, it's just really cool to see him live. And um, I haven't really heard his name since you know the Jags game, but I just thought he had a really good game and kind of kept this uh, Stepped team together. Needed to, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. That leadership. Yeah. yeah. Mine's a, 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 I thought long and hard about him as well, but I'm going to win for Deontay Hardy. Um, he hasn't really had much to do, but uh, yeah. he actually had a couple of really good receptions down the field. Third down. Uh, yeah, yeah, 62 yards in total using his pace. And I'd like to see a bit more of that, using a bit more of a field stretcher. Um, you know, he, he came to the party when we needed him to. And um, I think that, uh, well, I want to see him get, yeah, a few more targets here and there, really. Um, that would mm. be nice. Because I think uh, he does have that, that, that yak ability and, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Got, got some use, very useful yardage at important times of the game. Before we move on, I'd just like to give a, a honourable mention to the unsung hero, and that's to Jordan Phillips, who doesn't ever seem to make a play <laughs> since he kind of left for the Cardinals back in 2020. But like, just how chief, much chief he was like, amping, yeah, 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 just kind of a, the chief cheerleader uh, on our. It front, works like, as well, you know. It, it, it yeah, works, it really yeah. did though. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you see it and you think, oh, this is just a bit, you know. But it does feel like <laughs> I don't know most of how most of why he gets paid nowadays is because he's you know gets the crowd pretty wild up and uh yeah that no, was pretty incredible where, where was he playing was he playing as a one tech or was he or, i didn't notice i think it's always tricky when you're watching the game live it's like yeah. you, you sort of lose the track of who's playing what and people are talking to you and but was he playing one tech alongside yeah, Oliver, I, or was he I, I think he was i think they're allowing ed to kind of wreak havoc which he did yeah. in a really good game as well but okay. yeah he seemed like i think he had one tackle and he was eating double teams and naturally he's going to kind of have that because of his size and stuff but like yeah he he's just that kind of glorified you know he's like an isaiah mckenzie but for defense isn't he like yeah. he's kind of got that role yeah. uh on our team, so yeah good yeah. shout good shout all right fantastic well um so this is a, a standalone pod just uh, reviewing the sort of the london experience um there was a separate pod available for you for our giants preview uh sorry you had to wait a little bit longer than normal for this week but uh, yeah my health and tim's health wasn't amazing um yeah. and certainly our voices were, were pretty short so uh, we'll be back with you as normal hopefully moving forward but yeah um until next time go bills go bills <laughs>